The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Here we are on a Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Danny McRae, former Dallas Cowboys safety, our other running buddy, Barry Church has uh, decided that he's going to take a little getaway vacation, man. You know, Barry just rolling out there like that. Sent us the email this morning. Hey, fellas, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> hey, when you, when you, listen, listen, when, when, when you get paid how, how Jacksonville paid him, you can take a vacation anytime you want. First anytime. class. Anytime. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he just, you know, he rolled around like T.I. Telling his wife, you can go wherever you like. You, I mean, gas you, up you know the jet, and church, in the, church every, he gone. <laughs> You know what he was really doing? He said he said he was trying to celebrate that one win that he got last night. He's he's officially one and zero on his on his straight up picks, but he's zero and one on his uh, on his cover and the spread picks. So he's just trying to celebrate any win he can get, and and I understand because it's been rough for him. All right, so so f- follow me on Twitter. I'm at Newey Scruggs. It's N E W Y S C R U G G S. I tweeted it out yesterday. I'll retweet it again. So I make picks every week in the Dallas Morning News with several other people. And this week, I decided that I would have Barry Church do all my picks. So we did it on the show. So you can go back and check out uh, yesterday's show. So Barry did all the picks for me. And uh, or it's Wednesday. I did it. It was Wednesday. And so Barry did all the picks. So it's there in the paper. So I retweeted it. And I had a media member hit me up uh, and DM me, says, Really? You were going with the Cowboys? <laughs> you, you still believe in the hot boys? And... and <laughs> And so I sit in the DM back. I say, you didn't see my tweet. Barry Church did the picks this week. I've already made my pick. I said, and, I, and then I sent him the link to my TV pick. I said, so, so here's where, where I went. And uh, j- just so you all know, and we'll just get the predictions right out the way. Church went 28-17 Cowboys to beat Washington. The Cowboys are a one-point favorite. I went with Washington to win 24-23. So that's what I did. So, so D-Mac, let's get it out of the way right away. Let's not wait till the end. Let's go ahead and get your prediction right here for this football <laughs> game between the 1-5 Washington football team and the 2-4 and four Cowboys. Man, you know, I, I think it's going to be one of those games you know, that we used to have back in the day where it was a lot of field goal kicking. So I'm looking at low scoring. Something around the 23 to 20 range for the uh, Washington Red. Uh, ooh, sorry, the Washington football team. Make sure I get that right so so we don't get in trouble here. So, yeah, I'm going with Washington. I just don't believe that we'll be able to stop the run. Our secondary is still having problems. You know, I, I went back and watched some, that, that last play by Kenyon Drake when he ran 69 yards, and, and I just could not figure out why they were aligned the way that they were aligned. And, and then Nolan comes out, and he's still a little frustrated and mad because he doesn't understand it either, and that is a big issue. If he doesn't, if he doesn't know what went wrong, that is a true serious problem. So I, I just don't think we can get it fixed this week. So you're going 23-20, Washington? Yeah. Okay, so you and I are basically uh, right there together in terms of this uh, of this win. I got 24-23. I've got, I've got Washington winning on a late field goal. And I'll give the folks who are checking us out here, my biggest reason, which is what I said on my TV um, 
prediction was the offensive line is a massive concern for me. I mean, this is another game in which the Cowboys are going to roll out another different set of offensive linemen. And look, I'm no professional football player. I just played a little bit, you know, just played the high school thing. And I was a center. And I can tell you for sure, when you start having different combinations of guys, I mean, this is the high school level. You know, there can be some confusion. You know, we weren't going against anybody good like, you know, Chase Young and Montez Sweat like the Cowboys are going to face. So when you roll out these different combinations and there's just little things where you know how to tell guys how you need some help. And, and what you need to do. You know, you may tell a guy, hey, man, I need you to give, give me a longer chip here. I mean, there's, there's these little things within the football game that go on. And, oh, by the way, you've got a different starting offensive line combination, and this is Andy Dalton's second start. There's just a lot of things that you're looking at here from a continuity standpoint that hurt the Cowboys. And this has been a strong point for the Cowboys all game long. I bring this up also with the fact that Zach Martin is probably not going to play. I mean, that's coming from the head coach, Mike McCarthy. Also, Jerry Jones, who said it on 105.3 The Fan. He's been in concussion protocol. So their whole telling you probably is pretty much, and Danny, you know the code words, he's not playing, okay? So you're not going to have your all-pro guard. You don't have your all-pro, all-decade left tackle in Tyra Smith, who's out for the year. You don't have uh, Lyle College, your right guard. I mean, this thing is just falling apart. You don't even have your former starting center, Joe Looney. You've got the rookie, Tyler Biotis. So Connor McGovern is going to step in for uh, Zach Martin against Washington. And, Danny, you take that and look on the other side. What's the strength of Washington? Even though they're a 1-5 football team, what is their strength? It's their D-line. Got five first-round picks over there, man. I will, I will, I will say this. Um, you know, you, you listed, you know, our new combinations at, at uh, on the on the offensive line, and then you also have to plug that in, like you said, with Andy Dalton, the new signal caller out there making the calls. And I can guarantee you one thing: we will get blitzed all night. They will test yes. our offensive line, and we have not shown that we can pick up those blitzes, and we also haven't shown that we're willing to help out some of those old linemen with the chips and bringing those tight ends in to help out. So. All that adding up, we're going to have a long day with our offensive line. So that I, I think that will be a, a serious issue. That's why I think that we need to run the ball 25, 30 times. A lot of Zeke, a lot of Tony Pollard, uh, a lot of jet sweeps with uh, C.D. Lamb, a lot of jet sweeps with Amari Cooper, some, some bubble screens, some things to get the ball out quick to help these guys out. If we don't do that, then it's, it's a for sure loss. And I don't have any faith that we're going to do it because we haven't switched up. And we heard Killer Moore say last week that he doesn't think he need to change anything with uh, Andy Dalton in the game versus having Dak in there. So, you know, that, that, that's why I'm leaning toward uh, the decision that I made for Washington winning the game 23-20. I'm still on this time of possession kick for the Cowboys. And, and I look at this defense and some of the issues they've had and I go back to what you said in terms of trying to establish the run and using Ezekiel Elliott take some time off the clock help your defense out in this football game and and let me keep hammering away on this Washington football team so I went and I checked it Danny um Washington is got 16 sacks so they got 16 sacks and that's by nine different players. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan, who always seems to have some good games against the Cowboys, has three sacks this year. Montez Sweat has three sacks. And then their first-round pick, Chase Young from Ohio State, has two and a half. And when I look down there and I see that they've had nine different guys get sacks, that tells me, that going back to what you said, Jack Del Rio's not only going to send the heat, he's got a lot of different guys who can get home. 
What we saw in that Atlanta game was really Tack McKinley. Tack McKinley was the best pass rusher that they had, and once Tack McKinley went out, they were okay. And Miles Garrett was really that one guy that Cleveland had. Washington's able to send several different guys at you, and that, to me, is something that worries me. So they not only need to run the football, but if you decide that you do want to pass, you know, if you get yourself caught in a third nine or third 11 situation, Andy Dalton's got to get rid of that football really quick because these guys are going to be able to get home. So they, Kellen Moore's got to make sure he game plans for that. you got to get rid of that football quickly when you're, when you're in these third and long situations, man. So, so listen, and I want to clear this up. I want to make sure everybody understands this. No matter what we have on offense, no matter who's playing quarterback, I still firmly believe in basing your offense off running the ball first and then having everything off play off that. So no matter, no matter how we were playing, I would still say that Zeke needed to right. touch the ball 25 times and then we need to do everything based off that. So it's just it's just more more to it now like it has to be done because you don't have Dak you don't have the healthy offensive line to hold up and 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 play a different way if you wanted to so that's this is not just based on what we have now this is what I believe in you know from from my days of playing and when when Jason Garrett was here when Wade Phillips was here we ran the ball we focused on that so that's the way I see it and unfortunately other people don't see it that way, and you know that's why we're sitting here. You know, like, well, we're in second place, sitting at two and four, uh, because we just can't figure out that that is the strength of our team. And and it's I, I think it's ironic that we can't see that, and we look at the production of Zeke and somebody that we paid ninety million dollars, and you don't say you don't it, the light bulb doesn't go off in your head, the light switch, and say, hey, we need to get this guy to ball some more and get him involved in different ways. It's interesting you you say that because. You and I are looked at as these dinosaurs when, when we say this. And these so-called analytics guys, um, they're all about throw the ball, throw the ball. Okay, Andy Dalton threw the ball, was it 54 times on Monday Night Football? I mean, you know, when you start looking at the Cowboys guys and quarterbacks through the years from, from Prescott to Aikman to Romo, when you're throwing it 50-plus times, I'll tell you what comes along with that. Pretty much every time you look at that, those games, an L, an L. Uh, you've got to figure out how to run the football and, and with this defense, to keep them off the field, man. I mean, you have to play complementary football. You've got to call plays that complement not just your offense, but your overall football team. And when you don't do that, you just want to, hey, let's just run plays, run plays, then I think you find the Cowboys and where they're at. you got a lot of big stats. you got a lot of garbage time points and, and, and garbage time yards. But the competitive phase of the football game, you find yourself out of it where all of a sudden, if you're behind like this in double-digit leads, they know what's coming. They're not worried about the run. They're just going to sit around here, drop back, and then just, hey, now guys are sitting around here hunting for interceptions. And we've seen that happen, too. But, so but, I'm with you 100% about running the ball. But what's, what's crazy is even when you're down double digits, depending on what point you are in the game, you still don't have to abandon the run. We've seen teams come back from down 14 to 21 points by still sticking with the run and then hitting those big plays over top because you get some of those defensive backs and linebackers to step up, you know, trying to defend those, those guys, right? I'll I tell you this. Defensive backs and some linebackers, they do not want to necessarily take on blocks and get pounded on by guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, these guys that run hard and punish you at the end of runs and always fall forward. They do not want to do that the entire game. So the more that you can do that, the more that you can get in their head and, and wear them down, the, the more that you open up those deep shots. So you don't have to abandon the run if you get down 14 points and you're in the first quarter. Yeah, that, that, the game is not dictating that you do that. And we, we seem to do that often.
And that's why you see us with well, the 54, 54 attempts and 60 attempts and 45 attempts because we abandoned it too early. Well, that's been a problem under Mike McCarthy. It's also been a problem under, under Jason Garrett, where the offensive coordinators decided to you know, just get away from the run as quickly as possible. I go back to the Atlanta game and when the Cowboys ended up making, a, making that comeback. They ran the football. Zeke had 10 carries in the second half, okay? 10. And that, that may not seem big to you, but he had over 20 in the football game, but they did not abandon the run, and they did exactly what you did, what you talked about, Dan. They were able to kind of get themselves back in the football game and eventually win it, but they haven't done that since. He's not getting those carries. Now, you go back to the last game against Arizona, you're not getting the carries because you're putting the ball on the ground, and, and so, yeah, they, they've lost their faith in him. But at this point in the season, no matter how frustrated anybody may be with Ezekiel Elliott, he's the best of what you got left. You're going to have to figure this out. And when it comes to ball security, let me read you what Mike McCarthy had to say today. He said, if anything, we're probably leaning towards overcoaching in that area of ball security. Something I'm conscious of the question is the answer. It says, you've got to make sure you stay on top of it. So this Listen. is, and I'll give, my, I'll give Mike McCarthy this one thing. You go back to his record in Green Bay, th they were good when it came to turnover margin. And right now the Cowboys are the worst in the league at fifth, minus 15. Listen, and then and this whole thing with Zeke and the fumbling and all that, I do not understand how people could all of a sudden lose faith and we could talk about, you know, putting Tony Pollard in and all this stuff. Listen, the, the guy fumbled. He's, he's going through a rough patch. But if you put together his body of work and, 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 and you see what he's done previously and this is all it takes for you to give up hope on Zeke, then you haven't really digested what he's been able to do as a running back for us. They didn't pay him $90 million for him to fumble, you know, five or six times and then give up on him. The guy is still an elite running back. If you watch the way that Tennessee plays, no matter what the score of the game is, they, they believe that Derrick Henry can always break the long run. Zeke is still that guy. He can still get you a 70, 80-yard run, a 40-yard run and get you down on the other team's uh, um, side of the field quickly. So, it's not like he's not able to still do that. Yeah, he fumbled. He can get over that, and he can still be the same guy. This does not take away from what Zeke is or the type of player that he is. He can still get this stuff done, and I think we still need to lean on him no matter what he's done in the previous few games. He can still carry this team, and we've seen him do it before. I go back to when Mike McCarthy took the football job, and I was there at the press conference. So at the time, Mike McCarthy thought, you know, he'd have Travis Frederick. He doesn't. Travis retired. Thought he had Lel Collins. He hasn't. Hadn't played all year long. So there's your, your center gone, your, your right tackle gone. Thought he'd have Tyron Smith. He's out for the season now. So your left tackle's gone. Thought he'd have Zach Martin. This week, your right guard is gone. Thought he'd have Blake Jarwin uh, as his tight end. And Blake Jarwin ends up going in, uh, on the uh, injured reserve with a torn ACL. Thought he'd have Dak Prescott as a quarterback. Dak Prescott breaks his ankle. Quarterback is gone. You start looking at all these guys you thought you were going to have, and we're talking about Pro Bowl players here that are gone. You start looking around at what's left, you better figure out how to take advantage of what you have and who's there. And to me, this would be and should be a feed Zeke game plan. Man, we're, we're not good uh, um, on, on the defensive side of the ball. We got to go, go ahead, in my mind, if you take facing a Washington team that's a one-win team, you got to figure out how to make Ezekiel Elliott a major part of the game plan. You and I are right there together here because, dude, how sad is it that you and I don't believe they could beat a one-win football team? That's where we're at now, what, what, man. What, who who would have thought that? Is, 
I, I don't think I, I really don't think it's that like it's not rocket science. Right. Listen, like for all the stuff that we don't have on offense, we still have a lot of weapons, you know, what I'm saying that we can go to. So you can still get the ball to C.D. Lamb quickly. We saw the Rams do that with uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. You can still get the ball to Amari Cooper quickly, get it in their hands and see what they can do with it after they after they uh, get get the ball in their hands. You can still get the ball to Zeke. You can throw it to him. You can pass it to him. You can do whatever you want to. It's creative ways to get these guys the ball to where you don't have to necessarily throw it down the field 50 or 60 yards. You can still get this done because when you run a jailbreak screen or a two-yard out or, you know what I'm saying, a quick hitch, that's an extension of your run game. We still count that as run plays where you can, you know what I'm saying, you get four or five yards on first down. That is that is positive yards. And Zeke is still getting four yards of carry. So it's, it's not rocket science. We can still get it done. We just have to focus on it. All right, let's get in a break right here. Uh, your check out the Players Lounge. We are in our SWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studios. I'm Newey Scruggs. He is Danny McCray. When we come back, there's some news that um, – I found kind of interesting. Some people were celebrating it, thinking, hey, look, this this shows you how effective the Tank Lawrence has been. And I've got a different opinion. So let's get to that after the break right here on the Players Lounge on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players Lounge. Hey, help your fellow Cowboys Nation fans in their fight against cancer by purchasing Dallas Cowboys Crucial Catch Gear. Support a catch and a cause and look good doing it. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com. You're in the Players Lounge right here, Brad. Brought to you by. Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Danny McCray. So earlier in the week, James Slater of NFL Network 
um, put out a report where several players complained about the Cowboys coaching staff, saying that the Cowboys coaching staff was not prepared and that they're not good at their jobs. So um, Sean Lee tried to come out this week. We hadn't heard from Sean Lee all year long, so they put Sean Lee on a Zoom call. Sean Lee uh, tried to say that there was no issues in the locker room. Jalen Smith said that the uh, Cowboys coaches are players' coaches. And uh, what do you have now here, Danny McCray? What's being said? Yeah, we got Leighton Vanders coming out saying that, you know, he, he said, you know, I think if you're going to put that out there, then you should put your name on it. And if you don't, then you're an absolute coward, coward as simple as that. And that echoes the same thing that, that, that we all pretty much said earlier, earlier this week. But we were just waiting on somebody to come out and be straight candid with it and, and let, let their teammates know that if this is something that you did, then you are a coward for doing it and you should have put your name on it. And I think the entire team should be echoing this so whoever did it could feel like absolute crap uh, and, and, and it was set, a, set an example for it, something that you shouldn't be doing in the locker room or you would have to answer for it. So I, I'm, I'm absolutely proud that, that Van Der Esch did that and uh, hopefully some other guys can, can, can step up and say something, say something toward it too. Okay, so having been a player, how is this addressed amongst teammates? Man, it's, you listen, I, I hadn't been in that situation because we, we never had, that, that, I, that I've known of, uh, guys who would actually go out and, and do something like that and, and be a, a anonymous source. But if, if I was right. in there, um, it, 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 it's just a tough thing. You, you have to call the entire team in there, have one of those team meetings again, and, and you're pretty sure that the person's not going to stand up and say it was them. But you have to let it be known that that is unacceptable and everybody should you know should speak out against it if they're, if they're asked about it then they should knock it down just like Lake Vendors did so you don't have this issue. Because like we said earlier, this like creates a whole bunch of distrust within the locker room. And that's one of the things you don't want uh, within your team, especially in a situation where the sink is shipping, uh, uh, the sink, the ship is sinking a little bit and, and you're trying to get these guys on, on the same pace so they can finish out the season with a, with a running record, hopefully, and make the playoffs. What does this say about Mike McCarthy and his staff that this early on, they have guys who have that little amount of respect for them that are going this route. Um, in Jason Garrett's 10 years here, we hadn't seen anything like that. Yeah, I, listen, I, I, I really won't say it, it's that bad just because of the situation that we're in with, with COVID. And, and these guys hadn't been able to be around Mike McCarthy as, as much as uh, they, they had hoped to have him and kind of get that relationship with him and, and see you know, how he okay. is and, and how he wants to run things. So they, they only got there, I think, maybe at the end of July, beginning of August. So they had been there for maybe a month and a half or two before they really got started on football. So they don't really know him. So I don't, I don't really take that much from him now. But at this time, if it happens again, then it shows that they, they hadn't learned from it and they really don't have that much respect for him. It can happen once just because of this situation. is is a very extreme and different situation that we're in. But if this continues, then the respect level is very low for, for the coaching staff or whatever coaches they are actually talking about. Now, Mike McCarthy has spoken about you know, trying to, to – you know, have a new coaching staff and, 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 you know, learning that and then also, you know, being new here with these players in the locker room. How much of that is a legitimate reason versus an excuse? Because I look at the Carolina Panthers, who I expected to be one of the worst football teams 
in the NFL. That has not happened. They've been a good team. In fact, you know, they handled Arizona and Charlotte um, about two weeks ago. And then I look at Cleveland. Cleveland came in here, Kevin Stefanski, brand-new coaching staff, and they punched the Cowboys right in the mouth. And they look like a totally different organization from what we've seen the past two seasons. So that's why I come back to Mike McCarthy. You've got some issues here, but you have something that Cleveland and Carolina – what we felt at the beginning of the year, you had the better you had the better squad. You had more talent. So how is it that they're looking more competitive? They're not turning the football over the way you guys are. So how do you see it, Danny? Well, th- th- that's the thing about football, man. You know, a-, a lot of rosters look great on paper, but once they get together and start playing as a team, things are a little different. And these type of things come up, man. Uh, you know, turnover margin, it's a huge thing, but sometimes – you know, those things do come in bunches and the, and the team isn't playing as well as they should. I think the biggest thing for us is the, the uh, coaching issues, right? Because if, if your players don't have trust in the coaches, then that's a bigger issue than, than you turning the ball over because you can get those turnovers fixed. Right. Guys can focus on it a little bit more through the rest of the season. You could possibly not see Zeke fumble. You could, uh, you know, tone down on the interceptions. But the trust in the coaches, especially now, the, the difference between Cleveland and what was the other team that you mentioned? The difference between when them and Cleveland, Cleveland and, us and, is, and Carolina. We're we're losing. Carolina went on to win three straight at one point. Cleveland's four and two. We, on the other hand, we haven't been able to get this thing together. And the only two teams that we beat are teams that that, that were bad and we almost lost to. So you know, it, that, it, that it, had no wins. They had no wins. The teams yeah. you beat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's diff- in different circumstances here, and we could have easily lost those games and been 0-6. So it's, 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 it's just a different circumstance uh, for us. Uh, and when you're losing, th- those things start coming out a little bit more. Okay, so what's the hope? I mean, really, at this point in time, if you're, if, you're the, if you're the coaching staff, you're the team, what is the hope for you right now? What do you hang your hat on? Uh, you know, how do you try? How do you try and fix this thing? Because it's it's bad from several reasons. It's bad because of the scheme. Clearly, the guys on defense haven't figured it out yet. And then the injury factor has hit this team on both sides of the football. Listen, in, in football, in every locker room, no matter what your record is, no matter how bad you're playing, how good you're playing, a win can fix all. No matter who you're playing against, I I, I can guarantee you this: if they come out and they beat Washington. They'll have a whole different attitude about themselves if they play well, and then you might see a whole turn, uh, different turn to the season for us. If we come out and lose, then the hope for this is, you know, hopefully these guys can stick together and you don't see a lot of infighting in there and guys starting to play for themselves, worried about, you know, their, their own futures and, uh, you know, trying to make these plays outside of the system just so they can make sure that they pad their stats and, and, and they're prepared to go on to another team because that's something that players do worry about. Uh, you know, you come out here and you got a new coaching staff and then all of a sudden the record is bad and the stats are bad and then you hit the free agent market and they're saying that you suck just because, you know, you played on that bad team and, and, and it, was a, it was a bad year for you. So when you start playing this way and you start having a losing record, those type of things seep in the minds of the players. So that's one thing that you want to try to avoid. A win can fix it all, although I still don't think we'll beat Washington. Okay, Danny, I'm looking at this next five-game stretch for the Cowboys is, is really the critical point of this season here. So at Washington this week, at Philadelphia, and that's a Sunday night football game, so the nation's going to be able to watch this game here. And then it is a home game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a road game against Minnesota, and then a home game against Washington. So you're looking at Washington, Philadelphia, Minnesota, and then another game against Washington. So four of the five next game, four of the five next football games are against teams that have issues. 
that are losing football teams. And if they can't figure out how to beat these losing football teams, it can get rough the rest of the way. Because after Washington, these are the next five games uh, in the season. At Baltimore, at Cincinnati, home against the 49ers on Sunday Night Football, home against the Eagles, and then on the road against the Giants. So, and, and this, I, I got to say, man, by December, we're going to know exactly where this team kind of is in terms of, of, of ho- any hopes or, or what's going on here. And, you know, I, I'm scratching my head right now. Maybe they figure out how to turn it around. Maybe they do. But, but right now, man, I, I just have so many question marks about the football team. No, listen, when, when you think about this team, you, like I said, like we talked about earlier, you have to be really, really honest with yourself and, and, and believe in what you're seeing. Without Dak Prescott having an MVP-type performance for, for, for those games, we are 0-6. Like, we, we, we don't win a game. So we're really starting at the bottom here. And the thing is, we're lucky enough to be playing some of these teams. We got Kirk Cousins. We got... And, I, and like I said this earlier, I'm not counting Philly out because somehow they always find a way to get back in at the end of the game. And then sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. But they're always fighting and close at the end of the game. So we got to play Philly twice and we got Washington. All right. Those are teams that that we can beat. And we would say if we had that we should beat. But it's possible for us to, to, to not beat any any one of those teams. And this season could be be worse off than it is. So. From what I'm seeing, I don't have much faith in it, but hopefully we can pull off at least the two wins against Washington. Ooh. At least. Ooh. But it's, it's listen, no, listen, you believe believe what you see, man. You got to believe what you see. Believe what they're showing you. Six games in, they, they showed us that, that they've gotten lucky and won those two games, and, and they fought off 0-6, but it was mainly because of the, the heroic play of Dak Prescott, and he's not here. So we have to see Andy Dalton do something serious and Kellen Moore really come up with a creative play sheet and stick to the run game and base everything off that. If we go any, any way up outside of that, we are not going to win. For many years, people have told you how basic football is, that it's one in the trenches. And going back to what you said, just what are you seeing? Well, the Cowboys are not good up front on the offensive line or defensive line. And if you can't control those areas, you can't win football games. And when I look at Washington, I said it earlier, start the show, their defensive line is a concern. They've got five first-round picks there. You look up, they got 16 sacks by nine different players. You know what Jack Del Rio is going to do. If you've watched these Philadelphia games, yes, they are 2-4-1, but they gave Pittsburgh all they wanted. You know, you go and you look at some of these losses here, um, even the games where they were behind. I mean, I thought Baltimore had these guys handled, okay? But they came back and they fought against Baltimore here. Um, Look, their schedule gets a lot easier. And defensively, right up front, I don't think the Cowboys can beat them. And so for me, at this point in time, and I've said it weeks ago, I think Philadelphia is going to win this division. It may be a losing record, but I think Philadelphia will win this division because the Cowboys have yet to show us from a defensive standpoint that they can stop some folks. And they got to show us they can win, also win a game on the road. This is a team that has not won a road game this year. Both wins came at home. And as we talked about, they, they were comeback wins and, and a couple of gifts along the way that the Cowboys, you know, in some ways created their own luck. But still, uh, you needed some, hero, some heroics to happen. And Dak Prescott, the hero, is not here. So l- looking at this game against Washington, I'm, I'm very concerned. And, and, and maybe these guys come out here, show some pride, and they hear all the negativity. 
Maybe that's the rallying point that they feel the people have given up on them and the Cowboys come out and respond. But right now, man, if we're just, as you said, if we're just being realistic and, and what do our eyes tell us? All I can go by is what I see as Bill Parcell said. Cowboys are winning up front. You can't win up front. You can't win in the National Football League. Yeah, listen, and like you said, we're not winning up front. And the, the one play that stood out to me, like I said, was, was the Kenyon Drake play. We have nine guys in the box. And all of the linebackers and safeties are misaligned outside of their gaps. And, and, and you got two guys in one gap. You got a safety shooting the wrong gap. And they break it for 69 yards. And the defensive coordinator is sitting there, and he's scratching his Ooh. head because in his mind, he taught that. He taught it. Hey, man, listen, this is the gap you got. All you got to do is look in front of you. If there's a D lineman in that gap, that is not your gap. It, it is, at that point, it is as simple as that. And they didn't get that right, and it, and it cost them a 69-yard uh, TD run. And those are the issues that you have. You can't line up in the right gap. Your defensive line is getting pushed back to the linebackers. You can't stop the pass. You got to figure out how to do one of them. Like, you know, the season's going to learn how to do one and give yourself a chance to win at some point during the season. All right. Analytics. Let's dive into that and point to something where it looks as though Tank Lawrence should be praised. Should he? Let's dive into it next on the Players Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor! Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. To Dallas' frontline responders, thank you. To show its gratitude, Tide is offering free laundry services in Dallas to the families of frontline responders. Simply bring your laundry and your identification to Tide Cleaners, and they will wash it within two days. One thing less for you to worry about. While you take care of us all, Tide will take care of the laundry for the families of frontline responders. To learn more and find a location near you, visit hope.tidecleaners.com. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. Unified welterweight world champion Errol the Truth Spence Jr. will duel two division world, two-time division world champ Danny Swift Garcia in a blockbuster main event on Saturday, December fifth at AT&T Stadium. Get your tickets now before they sell out at SeatGeek.com. 
Hotels.com. You are in the Players' Lounge. Brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, joined by Danny McCray. Danny McCray, longtime former Dallas Cowboy player and longtime member of the organization. He now works for them. I'm just merely a reporter who covers the team. The, um, the man, the myth, the legend. Newey Scruggs. Analyt- analytics. And, and this is something where I am not against analytics at all. But I also don't look at analytics and say, well, this is how it has to be done. I think you've got to use your eyes and you take the information analytics gives you and it can help you form an opinion. But I don't believe that you have to go by what the math sheet says because numbers can be twisted and turned into anything that you want it to be. I bring that up because pro football focus is something a lot of people like to reference. When I talk to different scouts and different coaches, at times they'll tell, they'll look at me side eye and they'll just start rolling. You know, they'll roll them when they, you start talking about these analytics that Pro Football Focus comes up with because they also talk about situations. Like, what does the situation call for when they came up with these numbers? So they came out with something this week called pass rush win rate, and they had their top four guys. Uh, T.J. Watt of the Steelers was number one at twenty six percent. Miles Garrett of Cleveland, number two at twenty three percent. You had Khalil Mack of the Chicago Bears, number three at 22%. And then you had Tank Lawrence, number four at 21%. So pass, rush, win rate. And you had a lot of people, including our own Kyle Yeomans here of DallasCowboys.com. You can catch out his, his, one of his podcasts, uh, Talking Cowboys. And, and he was like, hey, look, Tank's doing well. We, we shouldn't be beating up Tank. And I... I come to this and say, all right, let me check with Danny, and, and you give me your take on this. T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, Tank Lawrence, all top four in pass, rush, win rate. Your thoughts? Uh, man, look, like you said, numbers numbers can be uh, misconstrued and, and, and put together to, to, to show anything that you want. I think we all know that, uh, and Tank himself knows that he hasn't played up to his capability and he needs to play better. And so I don't really understand, you know, what goes into that and, and how he could be top four, especially with how our defensive playing is playing. We haven't stopped the pass and we haven't stopped the run. So I don't I don't really understand how that how that can be. Uh, with that being said, um, there, there may be there's something to it. I don't think he's playing as bad as, um, as as we think he's playing. I think he's playing OK. But the same thing I say about Amari Cooper, the same thing I say about Zeke, uh, the same is the same thing I'll say about Tank. You're making a hundred million dollars. Uh, you know that, that, that's not good enough. Like the stats have to be how many sacks do you have, uh, how many team, how many games is your team winning? Are you a guy that's, that the that, that, uh, offense is focusing on to stop? Are you wreaking havoc? Uh, if you're not doing that, then then you're not living up to to, to your price tag or your potential. So uh, he needs to play better. I come to this conclusion when for the people who are trying to say, hey, see, it's more than sacks, it's more this, more that. I'm like, no, I don't care about the pass rush win rate. I want to see what is the pass ru- what is the pass rush finish rate here. Um, yes. TJ Watt, number four, I should say he's number nine in sacks in the NFL with four and a half. Miles Garrett, number two in sacks right now with seven. Khalil Mack, number nine, tied with TJ Watt for uh, in sacks with four and a half. Tank has one. That makes him number 113 in the NFL. I'm sorry. They didn't pay you to be Anthony Spencer to almost get to the quarterback. They paid you to be DeMarcus Ware and get to the quarterback. Um, the same thing that I argue with people about Byron Jones. A lot of these analytics people look at, look at Byron Jones' numbers here. They're like, look, 
You don't pay a dude the, the highest ranked corner in the game if you don't get if you don't take the football away. Whoa, That's what you pay these guys to do. And this is this is my once again this is my opinion. <laughs> when I'm paying guys, I'm paying Tank Lawrence. I need you to sack the quarterback. If I'm paying a quarterback, I'm paying you to get your hands on the ball. That's how I'm paying these guys. If I'm paying a quarterback, I'm paying you to put the team on your back. That's what I need you to do. That's how I'm looking at See, paying guys. You go ahead. So, so you get so so this this is this is the uh, trap that Church fell into when he was talking about Buda Baker and he was like, man, Buda Baker. I think he had like one career interception or no career interceptions, and he became the highest paid safety in the league. And then we watched him play against us, and we were like, oh man, that's the guy. That well, we we see why because it was more than just getting interceptions for him. He did end up getting getting a pick in the game, but he changed the the whole dynamic of the game by what he was able to do. And I think the same thing goes for Byron. All of a sudden, you say, look. Do, do we want picks or do we want guys to be covered down the field? And Byron was the guy who was, 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 was locking down uh, the opposing number one receiver. And although he wasn't getting picks, he was a guy that you didn't have to worry about like we're worried about now. So, you know, you can, you can pick either one. But if I'm picking a corner, I want a guy who's going to eliminate the opposing team's number one receiver. And we don't have to worry about him. That way we can focus our defense on everybody else. So I think Byron deserved to be one of the top paid corners in the league, even though he didn't get... Uh, a lot of interceptions, the same way Buda Baker deserved to get, get paid like he did because we see in the way that he changed the game for us. And, and see, that's where you and I differ. I'm not going to pay for that. Um, now, I, I, I want to make sure I say this clearly. I'm a fan of Byron Jones, the player, and I'm an even bigger fan of Byron Jones, the man. I feel like the Cowboys messed this thing up because they should have locked him up probably two years ago. And you could have got him at a much better price. But they allowed him to go to the marketplace because they were still trying to make sure they could get the receiver and the quarterback signed. And so they didn't have enough money to sign him. And, of course, he got paid the highest, uh, got the biggest contract ever for a quarterback. If they signed him two years ago, they, they could have got him at a much better price. It would have made sense. But once they let him go to the free agent market, you knew they weren't going to be able to pay him. And I wasn't going to be one of the guys that says, hey, I'm going to make him the highest paid guy the game. That's how I felt about it, um, which is where, from a money standpoint, the, the Cowboys messed that up. I feel like the Cowboys were ill-timed on Byron Jones. I thought they were ill-timed on Amari Cooper. thought they were also ill-timed on Tank Lawrence. These are deals that they should have got done a lot earlier. They waited till the end, and they couldn't get these guys. And at the price tag for uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Dak Prescott, too. Uh, but I was going to say, for all three guys, if you look at the deals they signed right now, I don't think that I, I, I don't think the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys won. Even in, in, in losing, you know, losing Jones, you didn't win because you lost a good player, but you didn't sign him. And Tank, you gave Tank all that money. And look, to me, the problem with the whole Tank deal was, had you taken T.J. Watt instead of Taco Charlton, you'd have been in a better position where you could have done one of two things. You could have seen the potential of T.J. Watt and said, you know what, Tank. This is our number, and if you don't want it, we'll let you go. And then you had T.J. Watt, and you could have replaced him. But they had nowhere to go, so they had to pay the $20 million number to take. And that's, that's, that's not getting it right, from a, in my opinion, from a, a salary cap standpoint. And then the same thing with Cooper. When you traded for Cooper, why didn't he have a deal in place? Why did you wait for him to hit the free agent market? And then with Dak Prescott, should have taken care of him uh, that, that training camp before he went into his rookie year. So these are issues where they have failed. But I just would not have paid Byron Jones as the highest paid corner in the game. Okay. I wouldn't have done it. Okay, t t tell me this. How, how and I'm I'm gonna add, add one player, but I think Byron is this important. Okay. How different do you think this defense looks with Byron Jones and Jeff Heath in the lineup? 
Oh, it's different. I mean, I, that, we, we can't even act like it's not. It, it is different. I mean, these are two players that, that the, in my opinion, these are two good football players. But it's all about the price tag and the way the Cowboys, the Cowboys approach these things. And what, and they let Zeke, oh, can't, can't, can't forget, they let Zeke jump out of line of what they thought they were going to pay. But these were yeah. mistakes that were made by the team. It is the timing of how they paid the guys. And at the same, they were late. Every time you're late, the price tag goes up. And in Byron's case, the price tag was going up so high that you weren't going to be able to pay it. And it really kind of came down to two things here. Cooper Jones. Wouldn't you say I'm right about that? It can't, kind of came down to one of the, one of the two players. Yeah, I, and they I, took, I would say that. And they, I, took, and they, I, and they took Cooper. And I think it's crazy because, they, like you said, they watched the price go up each year on Byron. They watched him become a better player yes. from playing safety to play corner. They watched this with their own eyes and then figure out a way to get this thing done. They could have made him one of the highest paid corners and not have to do what Miami did to do that if they would have paid him on time. So I don't think that made sense. But I think right now that they regret not having him on the roster. I think they regret not having Jeff Heath on the roster because those are two leaders in the locker room who probably wouldn't have put up with some of the stuff that's going on. And I think for them, some type of price tag would have been worth it for, for what they're seeing right now. Can I give you a name of another guy that, that I have to look at now and say, you know, I, I was wrong about. Uh, that's Malik Collins. You know, yep. Malik Collins was a guy they allowed to go to the Raiders, and and, and I will be I, I raised my hands. Those guys like, yeah, no, you can let him go. Um, you know what, Malik Collins, Malik Collins <laughs> was a heck of a lot better than than what I'm watching out here from Don Terry Poe and what we saw from Tristan Hill, and even from what we've seen from Tyrone Crawford. Um, and, and you know, I, I look right there. There's a guy. There's a guy they paid, and, and, and you talk about just regretting the money. It's Tyrone Crawford, who's been through injuries and just has not been what he's he's been. So there've been some misses here, and 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 how they've taken care of their roster with some of these guys, giving them contract extensions. And I'm st- and I'm still putting a lot of this on on, on the effect of uh, Rob Marinelli. Because like I said, a lot of these guys look so bad because they are not putting forth 100% effort for the entire game. And it's, and it's standing out, especially when you have a guy next to you that's going harder than you are. And, and you watch somebody on the previous play give 100% effort. It shows. And, and it shows in their play and it shows in their ability to, to make those plays and make those tackles. All of a sudden, if you're jogging and a guy breaks a 50-yard run, it looks more obvious because you're jogging, but you could have made that play. You could have looked like a top-notch player, but, but because of your effort, you look like a, a, a subpar player. And that's what, I think that's what's happening with a lot of the players okay. on our defense. So let me come back to this, Danny. And, and yes, Mike Nolan gets a, a, a big hit on this from a lot of people. But you're a guy in the room. You guys are in the meeting rooms together in a position group. Don't people say something to each other? To the standpoint of, hey, I'm out here giving my 100% effort. That's not your best effort, man. If you're going to come out on this football field with me, I need your best effort. Is that not said in the locker room when we see the kind of performances we're seeing on tape? Well, yeah, we didn't have those issues, though, right? Because you got to remember, I played with D-Ware. I played with Jason Whitten. I played with some guys that would go out there and say, hey, they say, follow me. 
And, and, and the, thing, the sad part about it is Sean Lee is that guy, but he's not able to be on the field at the time. I believe he was out there on the field, and once he is able to get back out there, I think things will change. You know, but like I said, with him being on the sideline, it's kind of hard for him to be that that leader out there on the field. I think they'll change once he gets out there, but they got to follow somebody. And somebody has to be that guy to step up, and I'm still waiting for it. But I think Tank can still be that guy. Jalen said he would, but then I saw him, you know, turn around and do something opposite the, 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 the week after that. So we were just waiting for Sean Lee to get back to show that leadership. Ooh, Okay. Okay, so uh, let's end the show by going back over our predictions here as the Cowboys get ready to go to Washington. Church says Cowboys 28-17. McCray says Washington 23-20. I have Washington winning by a point, 24-23. That is the Players' Lounge. We'll talk to you on Monday. I'm Nui Scruggs. He's Danny McCray. We'll have Barry Church rejoin us on Monday. We appreciate everybody who's a part of the show. So many people behind the scenes working hard here at DallasCowboys.com. We will chat to you, chat with you on Monday. Take care. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!